Welcome to Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast, where we will help you eliminate the noise and focus on the information and inspiration that you need to transform your business, impact supply chain success, and enable you to replace risky inventory with valuable insights. Join your Tech Talk host, Corinne Bursa, the 2020 Supply Chain Pro to Know of the Year. With more than 25 years of supply chain and technology expertise and the scars to prove it, Corinne has the heart of a teacher and has helped nearly 1,000 customers transform their businesses and tell their success stories. Join the conversation, share your insights, and learn how to harness technology innovations to drive tangible business results. Buckle up, it's time for Tech Talk, powered by Supply Chain Now. Well, welcome back, Supply Chain Movers and Shakers. Corinne Bursa here, and I'm your host for Tech Talk, where we are helping you to replace risky inventory with valuable insights. Today, I am joined by Carol Cunningham, who is the Senior Manager of Sales and Operations Planning with Energizer Global Auto Care. And Carol and I are going to talk about where to start to drive SNOP success. This is going to be interesting. Now, if you're a fan of the show, please subscribe to Tech Talk and leave us a review. And don't forget to follow us on both LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, let's talk about sales and operations planning for just a minute. SNOP consistently ranks as one of the top three priorities for management teams. That's right, one of the top three priorities. And you'll notice I said for management teams, not just supply chain teams. When SNOP is done well, it instills this repeatable process that it's going to drive a number of advantages for your business. You're going to see tangible benefits in areas like increased forecast accuracy or freeing up working capital or improving inventory turns or boosting your customer service levels. And you're going to see some things like the ability to reduce friction in your organization and to boost overall revenue growth. Well, the list goes on, and I'm sure Carol will have just a few new ideas for us as well. But I want you to also consider some strategic initiatives as part of your sales and operations planning process. So think in terms of your commitments in the industry for environmental, social governance, right? If you're looking at new sustainability programs for your business or launching significant new products in your product portfolio or opening new regions or new sales channels. These are strategic business initiatives that can be supported and actually accelerated with a strong and resilient SNOP process. But I'm getting ahead of myself because we're starting, we're gonna talk today about how do I start? Where do I put the foundation? And what are the things that we should consider as we're building the foundation for a successful sales and operations planning process. And today's guest has been there and done it. In fact, Carol Cunningham has helped a number of companies implement sales and operations planning and gain momentum around their process. Carol, thanks for joining us today on Tech Talk. 
Hi, happy to be here, Corinne. Thank you. Well, Carol, you know, the very first time you and I met years ago, it was an instant excitement about sales and operations planning. You and I are both very passionate about the benefits and the need for a strong SNOP process. Right. Now, you have had hands-on experience with sales and operations planning in industries like consumer goods, mm-hmm. healthcare, industrial products. So those are all very different demand and supply profiles, very different mm-hmm. product velocity. Um, so I'm really excited to hear what you have to say to us today. But I also want to make sure that our Tech Talk movers and shakers know that in addition to your experience as a practitioner, you have also achieved a number of certifications in the area of planning and sales and operations planning. And you are also a certified instructor for APEX as well. So you've been teaching many of these techniques and have some really good insights for us on where we should start and opportunities to drive a more successful SNOP process. So let's start with the basics, Carol. How did you get started in SNOP? It was a long and winding path that got me here. I started off in operations, warehouse, and distribution management. And honestly, it was just the first job I got. I was a history major. Thought I'd be a librarian and wear white gloves on my hand the rest of my life. (laughs) That didn't quite work out. So I got into that field. And, you know, operations, there's a lot of excitement there. There's a lot of um, energy. There's a lot of learning. And so I got involved with Apex you know, now ASCM. And I was able to get to the conference in Pittsburgh when it was the theme was SNOP. I had never heard of SNOP until then. And I remember sitting in a ballroom where Tom Wallace and Bob Stahl were speaking about SNOP. And and Corinne, it was absolutely one of those moments. I jokingly say, you know, the sky opened, the light shone down, the angels sang. And it said, Carol, this is for you. (laughs) Because what I love about it is you touch everything. It's very much about people as much as it is about process or technology or anything else. And so for me, that started my journey of like, this is what I want to do. But remember, I was running warehouses and operations and traffic and, you know, I had DOT trucks and things like that. So I maneuvered myself into the planning organization and became very annoying for the next two years, telling everybody how much we needed SNOP. So that's where I kind of got my nickname, the SNOP Evangelist, because I really believed in it. And so eventually got the opportunity and and it's just been happening ever since. And I've had many opportunities to take companies on that journey. And that's been a real privilege. So I love it. It's been a good thing for me. Well, now, Stahl and Wallace, I mean, talk about building a foundation. They were early thought leaders in this Mm -hmm. area of sales and operations planning and making it more strategic, not just operational in nature. So I'm a big fan of both of their work and and many, many decades of them teaching the industry Mm -hmm. how to do more than just balance demand and supply. Right. Let's start with just a little inspiration. Can you Mm -hmm. share maybe a quick example of where SNOP has provided some tangible benefits or proved critical to boosting performance in a business? Right. There's so many different ways and examples. What comes to mind first is you think about SNOP is not a quick fix. It's not a magic bullet. It takes time, right? But one of the first things usually that you start to see is 
you're starting to improve your service to your customers, right? Now, but the thing is, you have to keep that by not bloating your inventory at the same time. So when that being able to increase your ODIF on time in full, your customer, your case fill rate, whatever your metric is, at the same time that you are keeping your days of inventory within target and not, not ballooning, that was a the biggest win and the most rewarding immediate impact. But for me personally, those big wins come in how you're breaking down the silo walls. And when people actually start to share and communicate better, you know, the soft stuff is the hard stuff, but that's to me also just as important as the metrics you get. And then especially with looking at case fill rate, the other part of that is minimizing that cost of poor quality and being able to Mm. not have as many fines. So those were the first ones I thought of when, you know, thinking about the big hits and the things that resonate well, because it hits the bottom line. It's a good proof of concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think getting your team, the the organization focused on that customer, everybody Mm -hmm. wants to serve the customer and serve the customer well. They're not always as focused on doing it as profitably as the business would like, but certainly Mm -hmm. wanting to do it well. I mean, we've got bad behaviors in many industries where, you know, we've been known to hoard a little inventory here and there or boost Mm -hmm. the production quantity because we think we know better than the planning systems are driving. But the goal in many of those situations is high service. So I love that you started there and then talked Mm -hmm. about some of the other benefits as well. And I think maybe some of that experience you had in the warehouse where you were focused on, you know, orders in and orders out, probably, you know, left you with a few experiences that helped you get motivated around better planning. Right, exactly. Yeah, that last minute rush at the last day of the month, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. Another bad behavior that we're, you know, many businesses Mm -hmm. are guilty of adopting. So it's no secret that business leaders have been drowning in an environment of uncertainty since Mm -hmm. COVID-19 or increased complexity or reevaluating their product portfolios to make better use of available capacity or get around some of the supply shortages. I mean, the bottom line is we've been operating now for almost three years in this Mm -hmm. environment that feels like it's just relentless chaos. There are more variables perhaps than we've had in the past. But that said, why is now a good time to launch an SNOP initiative? Uh, First of all, I don't think there's a bad time to launch an SNOP initiative. And I think if you wait for the perfect time, you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you said. I think if companies had a well-established SNOP process before COVID happened, they might have had better ability to react to those changes and different patterns of demand. Now, black swan events, nobody can predict them, right? But that infrastructure being in place, that process being in place, that mindset being in place ahead of time helped a lot of companies get through more successfully. For right now, I would say to anyone who's thinking about SNOP, what are you waiting for? I mean, there's only things to be gained. It's it's hard. It's not an easy thing. But if you start and work in a one product family, start out small if you need to. But I think things are not going to get less complex. Mm. They're only going to get more complex. The world is smaller than it used to be. And those patterns of stability and where we thought we knew better than any type of algorithms or planning software, 
that's changed. And truthfully, okay, it's going to take time for the statistical models and things to catch up as well. But you need to have that cross-connection, that cross-functional collaboration that goes beyond what your data can tell you. Mm -hmm. So that you can pull things out there and be transparent and be everything on the table, as Tom Wallace used to say all the time. And then that way you have a framework that can help you navigate that complexity. So yeah, you, you said so many good things there. Yeah. I, I want to come back and hit them. And number mm-hmm. one, you talked about data and doing more with the data. Mm-hmm. I think people sometimes lose sight of the fact that sales and operations planning is really architected to facilitate decision making, right? So we've got to bring people to the table, your insights in the business mm-hmm. process. And it is a process mm-hmm. that we go through. Technology, certainly as an enabler, now we've got data and big data, new data sources, different demand or market signals. When we look at that, it can be a little overwhelming to start with. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned, you know, start with one product family, but let's step back from that and talk about just where do we start in general? Yeah, I think it has to start with, it is a mindset shift completely of of how Mm. you run your business. You need to start with, the why. You have to understand what it is you're trying to do. It often starts off in supply chain because everybody thinks it's just about balancing supply and demand. If that's all you get from it, sure, you're going to get some results, but you're leaving so much on the table that you could gain from the process. So I think you need to start with education. And when I say education, if there's someone that you don't understand full concept, bring some help in if you need to, send people to you know, conferences or or, or webinars, at least invest in the team to make sure everybody understands that you're starting with a level set understanding of what SNOP Mm -hmm. can bring and do for the business. And then put that mindset through and work on building that first. All of the other things are so important, but people have a tendency to jump right into the mechanics when we need to think about the foundational aspects first. Yeah, I really like that, talking about the mindset, because Mm -hmm. this becomes a business process, not a supply chain process, but Mm -hmm. a business process in understanding what the goals and objectives are. Like, what are we trying to solve for? What is the strategic initiative for our business? Mm -hmm. Is it to gain market share? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, a certain revenue number or increased profitability? Because that will inform the decision-making process Mm -hmm. as we put it in place and we get better and better and kind of build that muscle memory, if you will. Right. Now, Carol, one thing I see with companies that are starting their SNOP process or getting stuck in Mm -hmm. their SNOP process is they get inside a very tactical window. Mm-hmm. So the research will tell us that most sales and operations planning processes uh, focus on a planning horizon anywhere from three years to about 24 months. Now, certainly there are some companies mm-hmm. that are going out three years, maybe 36 mm-hmm. months, and that's a rolling period. Right. But what have you seen in your experience? What's the typical planning horizon for SNOP? Yeah. I think it's different on the industry. Right. So in my experience, you know, consumer packaged goods seem to be a little more near term focused. I don't think anybody should be looking under three months. If under three months, that's the tactical window where SNOE, sales Mm -hmm. and operations execution, is very effective. 
And then when you look out three months, I think to me, a minimum is a rolling 12. That's where I've seen the most success and the most comfort because the further out you go beyond that, the, the larger your assumptions become. And sometimes that's a hard pill for some people to swallow the further out you get. Within that rolling 12, it can make sense because you're just looking at the next season or the next quarter in line with where you are now. But then you take aerospace and industry like that, 24 months is minimum. You know, so it all depends. I don't think there's a prescription window that's appropriate. I think it's more appropriate to say it's not this month, right? <laughs> right. We're not talking because... about this month. We're right. not talking about next month. We're not even, and not even just the fiscal year boundaries, right? Yes, you talk about those within SNOP because you want to make sure your financial stuff is included, but the window of SNOP needs to be going out further. It's a horizon, right? You want to make sure that you're that, you know, looking over that horizon out further to think what are the potential problems, not just the known problems. And if you stay in that short term, three to six months, you're just solving what you know about. What you know about and typically inside Mm -hmm. that very short horizon, Mm -hmm. even a frozen fence, if you will, as Mm -hmm. far as being able to produce or procure more product, you're firefighting. You are doing short, and that is not sales and operations planning. It certainly is sales and operations execution. It's Mm -hmm. executing the plan that's been in place. And yes, there is flexibility. You don't have to be rigid about, well, the plan Mm -hmm. was this for a 90-day period. Mm -hmm. You need to be responsive to those short-term signals. But That is not sales and operations planning. And you'll never get out of firefighting Mm -hmm. if you don't lean in Mm -hmm. and focus in on those longer horizons. Right. So I like that. I like that a lot. And I agree with you, at least a 12-month rolling calendar. I'd like to encourage our audience to strive for 18 or 24 months, only because that allows them to get in front of the same season, if they have a seasonal business. Mm -hmm. In looking at some of those more strategic initiatives or how they would support strategic initiatives for their business, like growth and new products or mm-hmm. um, new channels or even a shift in channel as they, right. um, you know, as they grow their business. Right. And that's for, you know, SNOP serves a great function. If you think about the high level strategic plans, and then you've got that tactical execution area. SNOP is the bridge between the two. So it can't be in the full zone of either. And we're not looking at three to five years in SNOP. And we're not looking at the first three months. We're looking at that window of opportunity that Horizon provides us to make sure that those strategic things are being executed the way we wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think one of the compelling reasons to, to leverage sales and operations planning is the ability to evaluate multiple business scenarios right? Multiple ways that we can grow the business. There's not just one good answer. It's a good strategy to to look at multiple scenarios, compare them, understand the trade-offs on how do we get there from where we are today. And I want to stress that it is, in fact, about making decisions, right? Making informed decisions. And so an admired chief supply chain officer I was just speaking to recently told me that, look, SNOP drains the emotion out of our meetings Mm -hmm. and it increases our confidence as an executive team that's making decisions. And I asked him, you know, tell me a little more about that. He goes, well, first of all, we're making fact-based decisions that we then apply 
our insights and business acumen to, if you will, and even a little of their intuition, but that they're able to start with the facts versus starting with the emotion. That's great. Now, I love that. But what mm-hmm. I hear quite often is that a lot of SNOP initiatives struggle and mm-hmm. they struggle for two big reasons. And I'd love your insights on this. The first is lack of executive sponsorship. So clearly he was sponsoring this and very passionate about the success. But the second is I often hear, look, we have a culture that is resistant to change. So Carol, how do we get these stakeholders, you know, not like all levels of the Mm decision-making team and sales and operations planning, how do we get them excited and engaged and just focused on customer service, certainly, but right. making better decisions faster. Right. I, it, that is key. And executive sponsorship is absolutely essential. You can't handle culture issues unless you've got the support of leadership mm. right? because they set the tone. You know, they're leaders for a reason. And for them to, you know, and it's not from an authoritative point of view, but at the same time, if, if you, they all know that this is an executive SNOP process, not a supply chain SNOP process, there's some compelling reason for people to give it some serious weight, right? So you've got that first, but then change management part of it is key. And I go back to, if you start with clear education and understanding of why, and you make a compelling case using case studies or other resources that are out there to help people understand what good looks like for SNOP. And then you have to kind of personalize it. And this may be different. So I found myself kind of going around to different groups at at one of the places I was at and kind of figuring out, okay, what is their number one issue Mm -hmm. and concern? And what gives them heartburn, right? How can I show them SNOP can help? How do I demonstrate that? So maybe I could just make a really good case and and give some examples from others that I could do. Mostly ran into resistance from salespeople Mm because they don't, they don't have time to be engaged in this. I give you the customer forecast, that's all I've got, or lots of different things. And I finally got with one sales executive and said, look, you want to make your number? I'm your best friend. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to make sure that we take care of things in a way that is going to increase your sales. At the same time, we're going to hit our inventory goals. We're not going to have stockouts. If you talk with me and share with me, I promise you that we're going to help you make your goal. You know, and and just and I went to finance and said, you know, look, if we come, if we can get everybody engaged in this, and we understand what our financial targets are, everybody will have ownership of it. And they'll want to be part of it because, you know, we kind of wanted to make SNOP the coolest place to be in a company. You know, like this is where real stuff gets done and it's exciting. So it's a little bit of artful facilitation Mm -hmm. and thinking about where the pain points are and doing some research and making a real compelling case. And it takes time. There's yeah, not- it, does, it does take time um, in part because as you get started, you may be fixing problems but that have right. been longstanding right. challenges for the organization. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we can't wave a magic wand and right. have it all go away in 90 days. It, it does yeah. certainly take some time to build muscle memory. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you just said some things very naturally, I think, because you've done it for so many years in different environments. But SNOP is often led from the supply chain. Mm-hmm. But I like to underscore that it's not just a, a supply chain business planning process. It is a total business planning process. So you mentioned sales, you mentioned finance, mm-hmm. certainly new product um, innovation yeah. is part of that as well. But when we think of sales and operations planning, where does it belong in the organization? Yeah, uh, this is something I'm very passionate about because I think that it often starts in supply chain for just that reason, to balance demand and supply. But that's just the starting point. It really needs to come out to me and be independent. This is what I would recommend. I like the fact that it could be a group of folks that have cross-functional, are able to work with every group, understand their perspective, understand what they could bring to the table, understand how that impacts the rest, but then also be able to challenge one another on assumptions without prejudice. If you're independent, you don't seem to have a horse in any one particular race. Any of that natural functional bias can be mitigated and I know we're a long way from that. Most companies don't have it there. Most of it's, I just think if it's going to be in supply chain, don't have it so deeply embedded in supply chain. Mm. Move it up a bit to where it's more over. And then I also strongly believe that you cannot make this another project that's on somebody else's already very full plate. This is not a project. This is a full-time role. And if you give somebody, you know, too much to do, it's like two in one shampoo, right? You don't get the full benefit of either the, the cleanser or the conditioner. So like, don't create two in one shampoo in the role of SNOP. You want to really make sure that you have somebody that is dedicated mm-hmm. to, we're, in the, we're not only running the process, there's a lot of administrative work that goes with it, but at the same time can be that facilitator and do the research and work cross-functionally and bring people together and ask the right questions, right? So I don't, think supply chain is where it should stay. I don't think it should go live in sales either. Some organizations have it under finance, but in my perfect world, it exists separately, probably under the wing of the chief supply chain officer who has that triangle for cash, cost, and service. So that's where hopefully someday, you know, that'll be the norm. I do agree with you. So I do think in the CSEO's Mm -hmm. span of management, that doesn't mean that that's the only executive engaged in it. I do see it reside in finance from time to time, Mm -hmm. but it tends to be a much more focused business process on areas like working capital Mm -hmm. or inventory terms for the business, and maybe a little less on service overall. Mm -hmm. So that's one caution I would throw there. Although I'll Mm -hmm. take a CIO or a chief accounting officer or CFO for the business Mm -hmm. that is really embracing all of the elements of the business as well. Because the only other option is a chief operating officer, Mm -hmm. right? If that's separate from the the chief supply chain officer for a business. But I do think, you know, take it out of a demand planning organization. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I see it get pigeonholed in demand Mm -hmm. planning. Because there's a belief that demand forecast accuracy is a critical driver, which I agree with, it is a lever for the business, but it is not the only measure for the business. But I do think, you know, you mentioned some of the skills that we would look for in an SNOP leader. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those qualities because I think that an SNOP leader needs to have a strong 
understanding of the business as a whole, Mm -hmm. but they also need to be pretty savvy about supply chain and understanding constraints Mm -hmm. in the business. Mm -hmm. And then they also have to have this something special about them. They have to be collaborators. They have to be good communicators because they begin telling a story, if you will, with the process or capturing those stories of success Mm -hmm. in the business. What do you look for in an SNOP leader? Well, first of all, I agree that it's a very pivotal role. And sometimes people who have been deeply embedded in a business for a very long time don't have a a perspective beyond what they know. So sometimes you might have to bring it in. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that's always the case, but there are benefits to that. I mean, so you bring someone up who knows your business, that's great, but they have to be able to think beyond what's been done. So I think you established that you know, credibility is extremely important and that can be established with experience. Certifications are a great way mm-hmm. to show that too. And a bit of understanding of what SNOP can bring to the company. And that's key. Other qualities would be, um, they have to be intellectually curious. You know, you can't take the pat answer or the easy assumption. You have to be willing to think, but why? And what if we did this? And what does that, how does that impact that? Because if you think about it, you're dealing with people in very functional areas, various levels of silo, depending upon your organization, your culture, right? But even if it's great, they're still going to have their own functional needs and understandings, right? So the SNOP leader's role is to connect the dots between those and be able to say, you know, well, this okay, this is really good for the plant. This is really good for this, but what would be the impact on absorption and, and finance? And what would be the, what else do we need to be thinking about? You know, what is that going to do for space in the warehouse? What's that going to do for, you know, service, whatever it could be, transportation. And so understanding really good end-to-end supply chain knowledge, that credibility through education, um, got to be very organized. Because mm-hmm. I said there is a lot of administrative work. You're you are literally herding cats sometimes to make sure everybody is doing what they need to do because SNOP to them is a sideline. To you, it's your main line, right? So mm-hmm. when you look at that, you've got to be make sure people that are engaged and, and things are getting done on time and that the monthly cycles are set and you know, meeting cadences are adhered to. Um, I also run a process governance committee. So we meet quarterly to effectively measure the process itself. I would also recommend that it's somebody who has a thick skin mm. because sometimes when you're bringing things up and you're putting a microscope on things, that sometimes, or a spotlight, that sometimes people might would rather just deal with themselves. And SNOP, the, the genius of it is that it brings transparency and openness and accountability and collaboration. You have to be willing to put the moose on the table, as Tom Wallace always said, right? So being able, someone who can bring that up in a way that's effective, not confrontational. So there's a lot of soft skills. There's a lot of emotional intelligence that's needed. Those are some great examples and attributes, I think, in a leader anywhere. But it really underscores this need to develop some of those soft skills. I think you made a comment when we started our conversation today about the soft stuff is the hard stuff. Right. It's hard to assess when you're interviewing somebody. It's hard or difficult is probably a better word because all of the different personalities that are involved in the process. Mm -hmm. And I also think you need an ability to absorb criticism or critique of the process. And it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that as a leader that you're failing or that the process is going to fail. It Mm -hmm. oftentimes means 
that there's a lack of understanding of why something is important. Right. So Carol, how have you reacted or what has been effective for you when you've had pushback or resistance to the rollout of an SNOP process? Yeah, and, and it's happened everywhere. You're going to run into it. So just first of all, an understanding that it's normal. It's not about you, right? And what you're dealing with is different people's ability, not even ability, but just timing of when they're going to absorb everything that is involved with SNOP. Mm-hmm. So for me, the first thing for me is number one, to remember it's not, it's not, it's not personal. Number two, you need to tell, you need to talk with them. Find a way one-on-one, however it needs to be, and listen. And just ask, okay, I'm sensing some resistance. And is that just, was the timing of the meeting bad? Was something Mm -hmm. else going on? Or is there a concern you have that I can help you with? And if I don't have the answer, I'll find an answer. You know, I'm not the fount of all wisdom. You know, I mean, there's lots of ways I could find answers that could help someone else by doing research, right? And, but I think you have to go to them and find what that concern is. But then I'm really big on proof of concept too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay. How can we show some quick win in an area that matters to them? Even if it's just here, we have this topic that's been of great concern to you. We now have a full dissection of it almost within SNOP, showing every angle, everything. And we have a great dialogue about it that they have been trying to get people to engage in for some time and getting, you know, feel like they've been beating their head against a wall, you know, and so. That's helped me in the past to say, okay, look, I'm going to champion this topic with you and let's show me how let's work together. Let's get this into SNOP. And I think sometimes it's just as simple as working on the communication. Yeah, I really agree with you. And that they have an understanding that we're not trying to find fault with them. Mm -hmm. We're trying to build a resilient process that serves their business Mm -hmm. needs and the broader needs of the company as well. So I I do think just like that critique isn't necessarily about the person leading the Mm -hmm. SNOP process. It is an opportunity to either explain how the process works because not everybody in the company Mm -hmm. understands, even when we say something simple, like balancing supply and demand, they don't necessarily understand the complexities in balancing Mm -hmm. supply and demand. Um, I think certainly after COVID, we've got more business people that are are in tune with supply chain challenges than ever before. So it's a great time to take advantage of that and just bring them along from an education perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, likewise, you know, given my 25 plus years in supply chain technology, I would say it's also not a technology answer. The technology Mm -hmm. to support SNOP is absolutely critical and it can reduce some of the complexity and boost some of the insights. But I find that most SNOP processes get started on spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience? Yes, to start off, but then I was also fortunate enough to make a good case to get us into planning software pretty quickly. And then when I got hired and moved into other companies, it's one of the first things I made a case for it. Yep. And I likened it to this way. If, if your job is to go cut down a tree and I hand you a butter knife, you're going to be able to eventually cut down that tree. It's sharp. It cuts things, but it's not the right tool for that mm. result. Yep. Right. But if I hand you a chainsaw, you're going to be able to cut the tree. 
So I think you start on spreadsheets, but you're going to be limited to a certain degree unless you have amazing master data and and a small organization that's not that complex. But I think the technology is an enabler of SNOP. It is one of the most important tools and there's lots of options out there. But I think you have to make an assessment of at some point, you cannot sustain SNOP and do the level of, like you say, current scenario modeling is one of the key functions. You, How sophisticated can you get on a spreadsheet with any accuracy or reliability? You know, one little fat finger mistake and you've blown the formula, right? So I would advocate that be understanding that it is imperative at some point you're going to need to make sure your technology is enabling you, right? Yeah. And it is a game changer, absolute game changer, because you can have visibility, graphics, great analytics at a flip, you know, just a couple of clicks and be able to say, well, what if this happened? Boom, boom, boom. Here it is, right? And there's lots of solutions out there that could do that for a company at various price points and levels of of investment, but the technology piece is is very important. I do certainly agree with you. And um, if you're using spreadsheets, I would say you know maybe if you're doing a proof of concept. But right. honestly, to have a resilient and repeatable process, you're going to need to make a move pretty quickly because you don't want your SNOP team just to become data jockeys, and right. it's not a very rewarding experience to be in a spreadsheet every day, all day. I also find, Carol, that spreadsheets frequently introduce new risk. You made the comment about fat finger Mm -hmm. on, you know, a a cell or on Mm -hmm. one of the equations that we're using. It doesn't take much (laughs) to to introduce additional risk in your process. Now, certainly it's a tool that people are familiar with. So I hear an argument from time to time that, well, we know how to use Excel and it's familiar to us and we're going to be able to do this very quickly. But I do think that the risk that gets introduced far outweighs Mm -hmm. that familiarity. And SNOP is a complex process. It is a process that its intent is to support evaluating multiple business scenarios. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. the example you just gave about being able to visualize that very quickly Mm -hmm. and understand and compare. And certainly there are solutions in the market for all levels of complexity or business size that can be considered. So great insights there. Carol, if you and I agree, as we do, that SNOP is pivotal to business success, why do so many companies just struggle? Why do they struggle to reach the benefits or the full benefits of an SNOP process? I think number one, from what I've seen, they don't have a dedicated SNOP leader. I think that's the first part. It's somebody else's project and, or, you know, part a hat they wear once a Mm -hmm. month and you're not going to get very far with that. Number two, I would think that you have not done enough education I know I've said that many times today, but I can't emphasize that enough, that if you don't bring everybody in and help them understand what the objectives are of the process and what good looks like and what we're trying to get to, and the fact that it is going to be a journey, it's not an event. 
And, you know, we're not going to launch SNOP and then all of a sudden we're done working on SNOP and we just run it. No, it is. It's an ongoing journey that the company is going on. And it like it's that mindset shift. And I think when they get stuck because their scope is too small, whether that's literal on, you know, what horizon they're looking at or the fact of what they want to get from it. They've not brought in new product development or innovation or they've not brought in more of the financial aspects, you know, so I think if you get stuck, it's because you're thinking too small, probably, yep. Yep. and and not doing enough growth throughout the process. I like also that you you said a few minutes ago to start with an area that will offer a quick win that mm-hmm. is meaningful to the business, yeah. right? That we want to feel the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to either see a change in process or inventory mm. or service right. that's really tangible because those stories, if you use those to make the business leaders the heroes you know, of, of making these decisions more effectively mm-hmm. for the business, it gets them excited and right. builds momentum. Carol, I've really enjoyed the conversation today and I could keep going. Yeah. I know you could too. <laughs> But what final piece of advice would you have for mm. our Tech Talk listeners if they're looking at starting an SNOP process yeah. or looking to improve the process that they have in place? What final piece of advice can you offer? I would say first the piece of advice is to research, get involved in professional organizations such as you know ASCM, IBF. There's such a wealth of shared knowledge out there. Um, you're not in it alone. And to connect with peers and other practitioners it has saved me from going down so many bad roads. So I really lean on your community, lean on other resources like this, you know, podcasts and other things that we could do, other webinars, conferences, do the education part first and be patient. You know, it's worth it. It's worth it in the long run. Just keep going forward. Great recommendations. And thanks so much for sharing a little of your expertise with us here today. I know that we've just, we've just started to scratch the surface. So (laughs) thank you so much. I appreciate that. Carol, how can our listeners reach out to you and connect? Sure. I am on LinkedIn. You just uh, www.linkedin.com forward slash passionate about planning. Oh, look at you. (laughs) Passionate about planning. Nicely done. All right. Well, Carol Cunningham, thank you so much for sharing your insights on sales and operations planning with us today and helping us to make sure our SNOP initiatives are just a tad more successful in the long run because it does add up. Thank you. Until next time, remember that our goal with Tech Talk, the digital supply chain podcast, is to help you eliminate the noise and focus in on the information and inspiration you need to transform your business and replace risky inventory with valuable insights. If you're a fan of the show, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. And thanks for tuning in to Tech Talk, which is powered by Supply Chain Now. 